Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Cherish this season is long. And there's a lot of things that are going to happen when you begin to manifest that spirit. Praise the Lord. Right from when I was sitting down there, the only thing that was just flowing in is love. If you can start manifesting that spirit, you're going to see some changes in your life. Praise the Lord. So I encourage you to begin to go on the path of love. See how much of the love of God can truly flow out of your heart. Let it flow out. Let it spread out. Praise the Lord. Because the word says, God has shared his love abroad in our hearts. That means we are a distribution center of the love of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I want you to take it up seriously. Meditate on it. Think about it. At any point in time, wherever you find yourself. Heal yourself of anything. Any form of hatred, any form of whatever thing anybody has done to you. Heal yourself of it. Manifest love. God is speaking about love. God wants love to flow. He wants us to go to the place where we can truly be uh, a center of the expression of the love of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right. This morning, are we ready for the words? Very right, good. I, I, have been, I have been taking you gradually, other than maybe... The Sunday school, I mean, Bible studies. Um, but the Lord started speaking to me a few days ago. We need to go a little bit deeper in the things that we know. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to be sharing some things with you from this season that are deeper than you expected. Are you there with me? Yeah, because it's like. I don't know. You, we've been, I've been taking you on like babies, milk, right? But we're going to be going deeper right now. So put up your antennas to receive and get your heart in position to be able to receive some stuff. Is that okay? We want to start teaching. And, you know, Sundays I just do a little bit of admonition, teach some practical things. And Wednesdays, maybe when we finally treat them thought, but this season we're going to go a little bit deeper. Can I hear amen? Praise the Lord. So what we're going to be dealing with from this moment is entering the city of God. And that is from the book of Revelation 21. You need to get your Bibles ready. You need to be very, very ready to study this time around. Amen. Revelation 21, reading from verse number 1. Bible says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. First seven, first earth. What is that supposed to mean? Now, that's not what I'm dealing with because our, our attention is going to be on the city of God. But let me just say this the first seven and the first earth has to do with the Old Testament and the principles that govern the Old Testament. It has to do with old Adam and the principles. Like go back old Adam. Are you there with me? The first heaven and the first earth passed away. You know, remember, Jesus made a statement. So until heaven and earth pass away, 
not one judge of the law shall fail. In the book of Matthew. Remember that? Come on, are you there with me? Good. Not one jot of the Lord shall fail until heaven and earth pass away. So which heaven is passing away? He's not talking about where God dwells. He's not talking about the city of God upstairs. He's just talking about the Old Testament. The old heaven and the Old Testament, whatever else you want to call it, passed away. That's why I look at Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 1. We're going to say, Hear O heaven and hear O earth. Moses was talking and he was speaking to heaven and earth. We're not talking of the something upstairs. We are talking about the priesthood and those that are worshiping under the priesthood. That's what I refer to there as old heaven and it. Hallelujah. Anyway, let's make progress. Verse number two. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, a door for her husband. I saw what? The holy city, New Jerusalem. Now, if what we always believe, heaven or the New Jerusalem to be, because you see, we've been told when we go up, we're going to enter the city. Is that okay? But now, we are trying to go up, but the city is coming down. Praise the Lord. Now, if the simple definition here, the Bible says this holy city is coming down and is a door for her husband. That means this city is a wife. Is anybody following that? And the city is coming down. A door prepared, decorated for her husband. Who is the husband of this city? Jesus Christ. What is this city? You and I. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Just follow me. Then he said, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Go to verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem. Descending out of heaven from who? From God. Having the glory of God and a light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Amen? And I want you to know that. It's descending out of heaven from God. It means God is giving birth to this city. God is revealing this city. God is manifesting this city. Are you following what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. And they have the glory of God. And this is precisely what you see. When a woman gets married to a man, you find that a woman takes on the glory of the man. Is that okay? Good. So this city is having the glory of God because it's the wife of God in Christ, if you will. Praise the Lord. Verse 12. And he had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels. And the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribe of the children of Israel. Now, if this city is what we have been told to me, what do you need walls for in heaven? Walls are raised, as we are trying to do now, to avoid trespasses, to avoid robbers, to avoid thieves. Now, why will God be fencing a city 
up in heaven. Are there thieves in heaven? Talk to me. Hallelujah. I tell you, this is not what is happening up there somewhere in heaven. They are just descriptive. The world speaks of the protection and the strength of that city, which has to do with the church. Nothing to do with something defense offense upon people. Is that okay? Hallelujah. And he said, he had the name of the tribe, tribe written. Then on verse 13, and on the east three gates, on the north three gates, of the south three gates, and on the west three gates. So like I said, walls, great walls, setting forth the security of the church. Also, the exclusion of ungodly people. Two reasons for that wall. The wall is to protect and preserve the purity, the glory of the church from intruders. Are you there with me? Similar to what happened in the garden. When I'm at Eve sea, we are told they were driven out. And a flaming sword was played by the gate. What is that supposed to mean? To prevent Adam and Eve from entering into the city. Is that okay? Which has to do with Eden. So, walls are made to protect. The wall we're talking about not physical walls, but this is structure that God has put in place to prevent intruders from coming into the church. Are you done with me? Alright. Then it says, it has 12 gates. I mean, 12 or 12 angels, which are like 12 gates, an additional emblem, a symbol of perfect security. Why the gates will never be shut? If you look at that verse 25, what it simply means is, the glory of God is always available, and then the peace of God is always, because there's absolute security. That's why the gates are never shut. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Alright. There's absolute peace. There is perfect liberty. That's why look at verse 25. Say the gate of the city shall not be shut. What that means is, you don't need to ordinarily shut your gate if there are no foreign bodies, foreign people trying to come into the city. So what he's saying here is, there is perfect peace and liberty if you find yourself in the city of God. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now we are told that this city, all of the gates, the twelve gates, are after the children of Israel. So let's just try to define that before we make progress. Ezekiel 48. Look at verse 31 in the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 48, verse 31. And this is what it says. And the gate of the city shall be after the names of the tribes of Israel. Three gates northward. One gate of Reuben, one gate of Judah, one gate of Levi. 32. And on the east side, 4,503 gates. One gate of Joseph, one gate of Benjamin, one gate of Dan. Verse 33. And on the south side, 4,500 measures and three gates. One gate of Simon, one gate of Isaacar, and one gate of Zebulun. Praise the Lord. Then verse 34. And on the west side, 4,500 with their three gates. One gate of God, one gate of Asher, and one gate of what? Naphtali. So this is the point. Now, in other words, don't forget this. It takes a gate for you to enter into the city. 
until any of this gate is open, you can enter into the city. Is that okay? And those are the things we're going to be dealing with. What does, for instance, the gate of Judah means? We're going to be dealing with that. But all the tribes of Israel are represented as 12 gates that take you into the city. Now, if you understand what Judah stands for, or what Issachar stands for, then you should be able to enter into the city. Now, all of these gates represent spiritual dimensions that you must experience to be able to enter into the peace and the rest of God. Are you following what I'm talking about? And so you find that as we begin to progress, for instance, Judah. Judah means praise. Then you talk about entering the gate of the Lord with thanksgiving. And entering the gate of the Lord with what? With praise. That means when you lack praise, you can assess the city of God. We're going to be dealing with all of them, one after the other. Are you still there with me? Why so many of us cannot experience the true peace we want is we don't have praise. We don't have thanksgiving in our hearts. Which is the gate of Judah. Did you see that? We are never thankful for anything. We are never grateful for the life we are living. We are never appreciative of what God has even done for our life. That's why you don't have the peace of God. That's the gate by which you enter into the city. So we're going to be dealing with all the 12 gates. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? We're going to be dealing with all the 12 gates for you to know exactly what you are supposed to do to be able to enter into the gates, I mean into the city. I just simply made mention of Judah now. But there are other ones we are going to be discussing as we progress. But first of all, let's find the city today. What city are we talking about? Verse 10 says, this city descending are from heaven from God. Amen? Now the word descend is very important. We are not looking at a four square city floating from heaven. Now you tell me, if you have that kind of a city coming from heaven, where is it going to stay? Where is it landing? Jerusalem? Come with me. If you be able to understand something, that the truth is God has nothing to do with Jerusalem in the Middle East. God loved Jerusalem, loved Israel just like he loved Nigeria. God loved Jerusalem just like he loved China. Are you sitting there with me? You will understand. Just follow me. The word descend is very important. Katabino. Katabino means to descend, figuratively or literally, to come, to get, to come down or to step down. Hallelujah. Now, for instance, let me try to define this from the scriptures. In Ephesians 4 verse 10, the Bible says, he that descended is the same also that does what? Ascended up far above all heavens that might fill all things. What does it mean to descend? Now, Jesus descended, that's what he say here, and ascended. So how did Jesus descend? That's the question. Did anybody see Jesus floating from the sky? The answer says no. The prophetic word is, the glory of the Lord shall overshadow thee, that's Mary. And that holy thing that shall be in thee shall be called what? The Son of God. So that was a manifestation. He was the glorious God, became a human being that descended. He led the realm of authority and power and became a human being. And even died like a servant. Philippians. He took on the form of a man. That's how he descended. 
So to descend is to leave one realm to another realm. Is that okay? Now, for instance, sometimes you talk to people. You say, ah, how are you descending so low? Have you, have you used that word before? How are you descending so low? Imagine what you are doing. You are descending too low. That means you are leaving your place of positioning into something that is below your standard of life. Does it make sense? That's how to descend. So descend doesn't have to do with you're going to be looking up and the city is coming down. No. What he's saying, there's going to be a manifestation of that city from the hand of God that will become visible for men to see. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? All right. Now, the Bible said he did all that and accepted that he might feel all things. That he might be the fountain or the source of blessing that flows, dispensing life to all creation. Now, this is how it happened. When he ascended, he became spirit. From that position, he did not only come to the place of putting all enemies on the feet, but he also come to the place of distributing himself as the spirit to each and every one of us. When he ascended, he filled all things with himself. Are you following what I'm talking about? So to descend and ascend doesn't mean you see somebody climbing or something coming down. No. It's a manifestation of reality of spiritual power. Is that okay? So if the city is descending, we are talking about a coming forth. This city is prepared. This city is matured. This city is carrying the glory of the Lord. And we are moving out from the realm of obscurity to the place of prominence. Praise the living God. Now, what is a city? And which city is this we are talking about? I asked my a question yesterday as I'm, I was going through this. A city is different from an hamlet. Hamlet is a village. Is that okay? A city is bigger than a village. Are you listening to me? We have some cities in this country. Ibadan is a city. Lagos is a city. Benin is a city. Is that okay? What I call is a city. But this is what makes up a city. A city is made up of many houses in one place. Is that okay? A village has very few houses. A city, that's the difference between a village and a city. <laughs> Are you there with me? I want you to cast it because it's very important. When you talk about village, you're talking about few houses, maybe scattered around. But when you're talking about the city, you're talking about many houses in a particular geographical location. Hallelujah. So now, I want you to keep that at the back of your mind. As we make progress, you'll be able to understand that in the true sense, you are part of this city. Hallelujah. Every one of us, the church universal, everywhere you can find a Christian that God is dwelling in is a house. Now all these houses put together makes the city of God. Are you following what I'm talking about? So it's not talking of something up in the sky. It's actually talking about you. We form the city of God. That's why the Bible refers to as the bride 
of Christ. Praise the living God. Now let's move on. So like I said, a city is made up of many houses put together. Now turn with me to Hebrews 11 verse number 9. Hebrews 11 verse number 9. By faith, talking about Abraham, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, their heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10. For he looked for a city, follow this, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham was looking for a city. And as we move on, you'll be able to understand that the city that Abraham looked for, we're already in the city right now. Abraham was looking for it because then the city had not come into existence. The city only came into existence after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Abraham was looking for it. But the point is, Abraham saw it in person of even Isaac. He saw the glory that was to come. Praise the living God. Are you there? And he's saying, Abraham was looking for a city which had foundations. That's very important. I'm going to say something about that. Foundation actually, temelios actually means something put down. That is a substructure of a building. It's kind of foundation. Now, let me read the scripture. 1 Timothy 3. Let's look at 14 to 15. 1 Timothy 3, 14, 15. I told you, you're going to raise up your antennas because you are going to be sharing something from this hour. That are completely different from what we've been doing. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15, 14. This is right unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. Look at that. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God. What is the house of God? Which is the church of the living God. The pillar and the ground of what? Of the truth. Did you get that? Abraham was looking for a city whose foundation, the ground, was solid. What that's supposed to mean? The Bible is saying the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. Hallelujah. That is why you have in the book of Revelation what you call bottomless feet. Have you read about bottomless feet? Now, when something is bottomless, that means there is no foundation. Are you there with me? It's an abyss, no foundation. So what is he saying? Religion that has no foundation. Cultures that does not agree with the mind of God have no foundation. The only place where you have a foundation where you can build your house is the church of God, which has to do with the doctrines of Christ. If your life will be put together, if you understand, remember the parable of what Jesus gave, talking about the wind that came, blew up the house. Remember that? Because they received what? The word of God. The church where the word of God is preached is the only foundation and the only solid foundation. Now, Abraham was looking for a city whose foundation is from God. Now, the foundation was not in place because they, Jesus, have not died. But Abraham could see this. Jesus said that and he says, Abraham saw my days and he rejoiced in it. How many of you remember that? Praise the living God. Amen. 
So that was the point. So that was the foundation. It's talking about the house of God, which is the, the truth. And so when you talk about bottomless pit, you have nothing to do with one place that is called hell. Where, you know, whatever. Bottomless pit simply means false city. Women mean lies, deception. Something that have no truth in it. Is that okay? It is like moving from iniquity to iniquity. Just like you move from faith to faith. Men who operate on the level of lies and deception, they are operating on a foundationless or bottomless pit. Are you there with me? It's not talking about a geographical thing you find somewhere, and then become the first place when you say something is bottomless, you should know that there's no foundation. And you cannot call that pit. Because if you call something a pit, there must be a ground. But this one is a bottomless pit. That means there is no foundation, no structure. Is that okay? Religion will fail you. Hallelujah. The only place where you can find a solid ground to rest on and to build your life upon is the church. Human beings can fail you. Cultures can fail you. Traditions can fail you. All of those systems, they are bottomless feet. Are you still there with me? Praise the Lord. Now, the world talks about the foundation and then whose maker is God. Whose maker is God? The word maker actually means the governor of a people. Praise the Lord. One who forms them by institutions and laws. It's like the framework of political constitutions. God here is represented as the maker who has been the father of our heavenly inhabitants. God is our maker. He is structuring the house. He beautifies you. It's not what you've done or what you can do. No. God is bringing glory and beauty to your life. He is your maker. Look at what he spoke to Peter. He said, follow me. I will make you what? Fishers of men. God makes people. You can make yourself. He called Abraham and said, just come. I'm going to make of thee a father of what? Many nations. God makes people. You can make yourself. Hallelujah. Now turn with me to Galatians 4. We are still trying to find out what the city is. Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse 22. Praise the Lord. Galatians 4, 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Which things are an allegory? Symbols. For these two, these are the two covenants. Understand it. The one from the Mount Sinai, which gender to bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. And answered to Jerusalem, which now is. And is in bondage with her children. Now I want you to look at that. The Jerusalem, which now is, is in bondage with her children. But this is where we go to our pilgrimage. This is where we go to, to, to begin to proclaim we met Jesus. This is where we go to, to get some sycamore trees and some olive oil. Are you getting what I'm talking about? 
the Bible is saying that particular city you travel to is in bondage with her children. Why? Because they have not truly accepted Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm talking about? They have good religion. Yes, they say do whatever sacrifice they need to do. But the Bible says they are in bondage with our children. In other words, when you begin to lead your life or attend fellowship or become part of those who have rules and regulations all the time, you are not better than those we are talking about. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? Verse 25. Okay, that's what we just right now. For this guy is my Sinai in Arabia. Now what happened to my Sinai? That's where the laws were given. Is that okay? Praise the living God. That is why he said, subtly, sometimes we don't know. We walk back to my Sinai. From my Zion. How? When we begin to structure our life by constitutions. When we begin to structure our life by do's and don'ts. We are going back to my Sinai. Are you following what I'm saying here? The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. You are not ruled, you are not supposed to be ruled by laws. You are not supposed to be ruled by constitutions. You are not supposed to be ruled, sometimes, somebody says, well, the law is made just to guide us. Yes, but because we always accept to be guided by laws, we don't understand what the Spirit says. Praise the living God. I gave you an illustration some time ago in the Old Testament, I think in the book of Numbers, there was a fellow that went to cut firewood on a Sabbath day. Moses wrote the law and he said, whoever breaks the Sabbath should be stoned to death. Now they came to Moses and he said, we saw this man on the Sabbath day cutting firewood. The law says we should stone him to death. Of course, you gave us the law. And Moses said, just keep the man somewhere. Let me go to God to find out what he will have me do. What do you mean? You wrote the law. Praise the living God. That is because Moses was not only prophetic, he was also apostolic. He knew how to build. He was working a new stream of life even though he gave the law. Are you following what I'm talking about? And when he went to God, God had to give him an answer. Now the question is this. How many of you understand this is also one of the reasons why God loved David so much? Anytime David wants to take an action, he goes to God. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? How many of us live by seeking the face of God to determine the actions we must take? Whether against people, whether even in our own lives. How many of us? Moses will go to God. And God will say, well, when you see the shaking of the mulberry tree, just know it's time to go to war. You defeat the people. Hallelujah. We take decisions without consult God. That is not the spirit of the New Testament. You're going back to Mount Sinai. Now look at the next thing it says here. And the Bible said, those who walk in that dimension, they are in bondage. Verse 26. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free. Which is the mother of us all. Actually, you read, which is our mother. In other words, we are given back to by another spirit. Completely different from the spirit of do and dance. Praise the living God. 
Are you with me? I want you to catch it because it's very important. Jerusalem, which is from above, is free. That means you are a free people. And whoever the Son of God says free, is free indeed. Praise the Lord. So we're talking about the church of Christ, which is the city of the living God. We're talking of Christianity as a body. And we're talking about the liberty that is within the very city of God. Remember the gates are not shut day and night. Remember the Jerusalem from above is a free city. And that is where we are. That's what gave it back to us. If you go back to what we read before in John 3, you must be born from above. Because the word born again is misleading. It's not actually born again. What it means born from above. That is why Nicodemus was confused. When he says, with my age, can I enter into my mother's womb again? Are you there with me? The word born again, that word again means from above. You are born on an earthly bed through your parents. But in God, you have been given battle from where? From above. By the Holy Spirit. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is our mother. In other words, we are saved by grace. Not of work, lest any man should do what? She boast. That's what he's talking about. We are simply saved by grace. Praise the Lord. So here we are talking about, praise the Lord. Here we are definitely talking about the city of God, the body of Christ, the new birth, the new people that God has on the face of the earth. The first heaven and the first earth is passed away. He that is in Christ is a new creature. What does that mean? to mean? What about he have been controlling you before you were born again? is past. Hallelujah. And I can include that. Even if you have any spirit that was troubling you before you came into the church, I want to make you understand. That spirit have left you. Another spirit is in charge of your life. Your first heaven and your fourth earth is passed away. You only need to believe it. You only need to accept what the Lord has done. And you live in liberty. You live in the freedom of the Lord. Praise the living God. Come with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12 verse 18. Praise God. Look at this. For you are not come under the mount that might be touched. And are born with fire. Not unto blackness and darkness and tempest. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. He's describing what happened at the Mount Sinai when the law was given. Hallelujah. The Bible said it was an earthquake, there was fire, there was lightning, there was thundering, and the people were so much afraid and they said, We don't want to hear God anymore. So you see, law scares people. Old Testament scares people. 
You can, you can embrace the law and get to God. Because it's very scary. Okay. The next thing he says, verse 20. For they could not enjoy that which was commanded. In other words, it was even said that if some animal touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with the dart. The law was so strong that the people were so scared. Because they were saying, even if an animal mistakenly touched the mountain, they should stone the animal to death. Or use a dart on the animal. Are you following me? The people were so much afraid. Verse 21. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and I do what? And I quit. But look at verse 22. But, everybody say but. You have come unto Mount Sinai. So we are seeing two cities here, or two laws here, or two mountains here. In Mount Sinai, the law was, was given to the people. In Mount Zion, something also is doing what is happening. There are basically two laws. Look at what it said. Don't forget Galatians 4. And it said, But they have come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. I want you to pause for a while. You have come, not that you shall come. Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? You have come unto where? The city of the living God. You are not going to come. You have come. It's not tomorrow. It's now. And we call it the city of the living God. If you stay in the city where God stays, you should have enough confidence for protection, for defense, for provision. Are you there with me? Because then God becomes ruler in that city. He becomes the king in that city. Praise the living God. Then he says, and also the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. When he says heavenly Jerusalem, that means there's an earthly Jerusalem. Am I correct? But where have we come to? The heavenly Jerusalem. You are not going to die to go to Jerusalem up in the sky. You only need to be born again to come into that city. Through the twelve gates. Hallelujah. You have come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to a innumerable company of angels. Now I want you to understand that in this city that we are in, we are in the midst of several other people, angels inclusive. That means even by you there, you may not know. There's an angel sitting next to you there. Praise the living God. We are in the midst of different set of people. And the next one says, To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men made perfect. The spirit of just men. Wow. What do you mean by this? Okay, go back to verse 1 and 2 of Hebrews chapter 12. Very quickly. Wherefore seen, we also are compassed about. We saw a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin we do so easily be tested. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The point I want you to say is this. We are compassed about with what? So great cloud of what? Witnesses. Do you know what he's talking about? 
If you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, you see Abraham, you see Sarah, you see Gideon, you see Samson, all of those people. It's what the Bible is referring to here as what? A great cloud of witnesses. You know what he's talking about? He said, these people are watching us. That's why I keep telling you. you. You see, you are not born again to remain stupid. You are not born again to lose consciousness of spirit reality. You are born to see. Listen, if, I mean, Adam in the garden was an interface man. He could fellowship with God. He could fellowship with natural things. In this same realm that we are, you could see spirit and you could move into the spirit and out of the spirit. We are in the midst of so many people. Right here, even as we are here. Abraham could be sitting down here right now. Are you following what I'm talking about? He said we are surrounded. Now, if you go to the original Greek, this is what he says. It's like, how many of you have gone to interhouse spouse? And then there's a place where the people sit to wash those. Good. Now, he said, we are running a race, and these people are watching us run the race. Now, you know what he's talking about? In other words, if you discourage, you'll be discouraging them. Because without us, they cannot be made perfect. Their maturity in spirit depends on us. Are you following what I'm talking about? So listen, you are not alone. That is why you know how to conduct yourself. So that your life will not be a stumbling block to somebody even in the spirit realm. Solomon is even looking at you now and wondering. So is it possible to stay with one wife and be satisfied? <laughs> Are you following what I'm talking about? He's just imagining. Can, is this possible? Can, can a man be satisfied with one wife? Solomon is watching you. Don't let him fall. Stay with one wife. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? He said you are composed about with so great cloud of witnesses. And they are watching you. They want to take from you the example of how to live the life. Because they can do all things through Christ that was strengthened me. They never had Christ. Without you, they cannot be made perfect. You following me? That means already you are a teacher to some people. You are a minister to some people. You are not just ministering to just people. You are ministering right into the spirit realm. Say so you've come to Mount Zion. The general assembly of the firstborn church. With angels. And the spirit of just men made what? Perfect. You following me? I want you to catch it. For you to know the responsibility that's upon your shoulder as a believer. So that you don't make some people to begin to stumble. Angels are watching you. The saints of old are watching you. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they are all watching you. If, listen to me, if you say recession is going on, so your head is down. It's like you are trying to talk to, what would Isaac be saying? But when we are alive, God told us, in time of recession, to plant the seeds. Instead of being, building on that which even Isaac had, you're going behind. There was recession in the days of Isaac. He wanted to leave his city. And God said, no, 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 plant here. And the Bible says he planted in the midst of that time. And what happened? He reaped a hundredfold harvest. Now this man is watching you. And because of recession, you are complaining. Because of recession, you feel like losing your life. 
Yesterday I was talking to somebody. He said, I have the thought of suicide in me because things are so hard. I told the person, you have not started. There is no recession that can make you think about suicide. Are you following what I'm talking about? He told me, he said, church is not moving. I said, the way you're looking at the church, that's why he said the church is not moving. If you are doing what you're supposed to do, the church will move. Can I hear an amen? He said, pray for me. I said, I've already prayed for you. You are not going to lose your life. You are not going to lose your faith. You are not going to close down the church. God is going to walk through for you. Hallelujah. So, we have people who are watching us. You are not alone. That is why if you are walking on the road, you have no cause to be afraid. Why? Angels are walking by you. Are you following what I'm saying? I wish you can understand what I'm talking about. The church is coming down. It's like what you read in Song of Solomon. Who is that coming out of the wilderness? The people were afraid when they heard about the church coming out of the wilderness. That is a breaking fault from another realm to another realm. Praise God. Demons have to be afraid of you. Because you are not alone. As you are walking, angels are right there with you. Huh? As you are moving, we have spirit beings walking around with you. Sometimes you walk on the road, Samson is with you. Sometimes you walk on the road, Isaac is with you. They are asking you questions on which way to go. Glory to God. You are not alone. Your fear must disappear. If you know where you have come to, if you know where you are, I'm not talking of what is going to happen tomorrow. It is now. We are surrounded with so great cloud of witnesses. Praise the Lord. Before you touch me, you probably may have touched three or four angels before you can touch me. So you try. It's not about me. It's about the spirits that are with me. You need to find out who you are sharing fellowship with. You see this man in the traditional worship. I remember one of my, one man, Oba by name one time. Anytime he's sitting down, eh, maybe, oh, eh, maybe, oh. no, what is that? I'm hearing, I'm hearing. Who is talking to him? No, no, no. If demons can talk to them, why can't spirit talk to you? Praise the Lord. Am I helping somebody this morning? I want you to know exactly who you are. You are in Mount Zion. The city of the living God. Praise the Lord. Verse 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. What is that talking about? Abel was a vengeance. Jesus said, forgive them. That's why the blood is speaking better things than that of Abel. Did you get that? Genesis chapter 4 verse 10. The blood is a revenge. <laughs> but the blood of Jesus, he said, forgive them. For they don't know what they do. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now that is why you must come to that place of living in the life that is in this blood because the life of the flesh is in the blood so if you have the blood of jesus the only thing that flows through you continuously is father forgive them for they know not what they do no matter the offense 
There's a place for cleansing. There's a place for forgiveness. Are you there with me? It's only the blood of Abel that cries for, for vengeance. And he got to the place where Cain had to say, My sins are so grievous, whoever sees me will destroy me. And God put a mark on the forehead of Cain. Anybody that touches Cain, I'll deal with that person. Think about that. They had a mark, even such a criminal, but were protected because God gave him a mark. And not just that, he went and found a city. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm talking about? Man is always building cities and naming them after himself. In Genesis 11, he said, let us build a city whose help will reach up to heaven. Man is always building cities. But there's only one city. City of the living God. Now let me even say that. If with Cain that killed somebody could still build a city, you haven't killed. You can build a city. Huh? That means you can multiply. That means you can increase. Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? The man that is caused could still build a city. I mean, think about that. What about you? Who is free? That means there's enough energy in you to do things that are imaginable. You only need to hear God. You only need to listen to what God is saying. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. Let's look at the from verse number 10. Now don't forget, Hebrews were reading AD 63 to 67. Some 7 to 8 years before the fall of Jerusalem. I need to give that to you so that you can understand what I'm about to say. And he said, we have an altar. Wherefore they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. Listen closely. We have a place of worship. We have a type of worship which those men in the Old Testament do not have right. They are not qualified to partake of what we are talking about. I mean, the priesthood in the tabernacle, we don't worship the way they worship. Hallelujah. Come on, are you there with me? All right. Verse 11. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are born without the camp. Listen to me. And verse 12 says, Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gates. Are you following that? Now, here, here's the picture. The animals to be burned, they take them out of the city. Is that okay? Outside the gate. It's not done within the city. In order to cleanse the people. Are you following me? It's like the abattoir was somewhere outside of the city. So when the animals are offered for sacrifice, they take them out of the city. Even so, and this is all the more reason why Jesus had to be taken to Golgotha. Because it was a sin offering. It was worth a sin offering unto us. Is that okay? For him to be offered, he has to be offered outside of the city. Now, there's something I'm bringing out. You listen very closely. Verse 14 says, For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. What is that supposed to mean? Remember I told you. Here we have no continuing city. What he's saying is this. We have left Jerusalem. 
with all its traditions. We have left Jerusalem with all the rituals. The people speaking here are supposed to be believers. We have left all the traditional worship, all the concept of Judaism. We are moving out to meet Christ outside of the city and we are entering a new mode of worship. We have no continuity. Jerusalem is done. It's done for. We have discarded Jerusalem, which now is. Does anybody follow what I'm talking about? Praise the living God. So yeah, he's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. Jerusalem have lost its charm for the followers of Christ. So now we are now where Abraham was or used to be or wanted to be. In Hebrews 11, Abraham looked for his city. Whose maker and builder is who? Is God. We've come to that city. We've forsaken the old city. What am I talking about? We've forsaken the issue of traditions. We've forsaken all of those things that men put together and they call it religion. Amen? When bodies are placed on people, when rituals are brought to the church and put the name of Christ on it for us to begin to do what they feel we should do. We've left the Jerusalem. We've come to another realm. And our realm is meeting with our Lord outside of the city. That city called Jerusalem is in bondage with our children. We are no longer part of that city. We've moved to another city with the city of the living God. We have grace to walk with, grace energizing our life to be able to receive what ordinarily we could not receive. It's no longer by strength, it's not by might, it's by my spirit. Hallelujah. So, listen again. You are in the city of the living God. If you are in the city with the living God, that means you always can have fellowship with the living God. And how many times have you had God spoken to you? It simply means you are in the living God, I mean the city of the living God. Now, not just city of God, city of the living God. That means he has life, and that's why the Bible refers to you as lively souls. Because the one whose city you are in is life or is alive. Hallelujah. Now let me show you something. How many of you understand in the book of Exodus, when the children of Israel... In the time of Moses, they said, any time a male child is born, they should kill the child. You, you have read that story? Okay. And the next thing that happened was, when they asked the midwives, why have you spared the male children? What was the answer? He said, this one, and not like the Egyptians, for they are lively. Before we get to them, they have delivered. What is it supposed to mean? They are covenant people. There was life in them. Hallelujah. They live by the living God. So they have life within them. Before we ever go to help them to bring forth. They were midwives. Before we try to attend to them, they brought forth. And I have said the same thing to you, all women in this church. I refuse you to suffer delivery in bad pains. It is not part of you. That is what Egyptians suffer. You are not an Egyptian. You are a covenant people. You are not supposed to be delivering and the crying, the burden of the ears of your husband. No, you are supposed to bring forth without pains. Praise the living God. He said they are not like the Egyptians. Before we get to them, they have delivered. Why? Because they are supposed to be in the city of the living God. God was your covenant partner. Hallelujah. There was strength in them. I say the same thing to you this morning. Whatever pains you are going through, we release life to those portions. In the name of Jesus Christ, as long as you are in the city of the living God, life is your portion. 
Strength is your portion. Strength is your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. And don't forget, you are living among crowd of witnesses. People are watching you. The language you speak, you got to watch it. Because your language will become discouraging to somebody who is following you. Maybe one of those saints have been attached to you to educate the person on how to live the true life. Your language can betray your own life to such people. I am saying, be encouraged at all times. Speak that which is right. Speak that which is God. Praise the living God. Are you following what I'm talking about? You are in the city of the living God. You are in the heavenly Jerusalem. You are not going to go to Jerusalem. You are already in Jerusalem. That Jerusalem is called Mount Zion. Hallelujah. And in this mountain, they shall not say, I am sick. Praise the living God. In this mountain, they shall say, they shall not say, I am sick. And the Bible says in this mountain, the veil that covers the people's faces shall be what? Shall be removed. Glorious light is coming to you. Understanding is coming to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, you're going to walk this earth like a giant. No cause to be afraid. Nothing to be afraid of. When you wake up in the morning, you know the day is perfect. You know there are benefits coming to you. You are not afraid of thinking of what is going to harm you. Nobody can harm you because you have angels all around you. Praise the living God. We don't understand the ministry of angels. That's the problem. We have not been able to assess the fact that angels are all around us anytime we are walking. No, 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 no. Part of those angels are the ones that guide you so that you don't kick your foot against a stone. They are there with you, but you don't see them, but they see you. Praise the living God. We got to wake up. It's about time we wake up. Praise the living God. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? You are in fellowship with God. God is in spirit. You can enter the spirit and come out of spirit. You have access to God at any point in time. You can talk to him wherever you find yourself. You don't need to travel to Israel to get God. God is right there with you in your bedroom. Praise the living God. I want you to appreciate what God has done. I want you to come to the reality of the fact that all of those teachings that you have been told of when you go up, a gate is going to be open and your name is written and they begin to find if your name is there or not. It's all human fables. It's all human story. It's religious deception. You already know your name is in the book because you belong to Christ. Can I hear an amen? Praise the Lord. You must know it. That your name is in heaven. You don't need to get there to know. In fact, if you don't know now, you won't even know when you get there. Praise the living God. You follow what I'm talking about? Heavenly Jerusalem, he said, with, come on, look at it again. And I'll close from there. That Hebrew 12. Praise the Lord. Look at it again. 23, Hebrew 12. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written where? In heaven. Your name is already written. Let nobody tell you you can't go to heaven, or you are not in heaven, or you cannot access heaven. And there's one particular book that will be recorded when you get there. If you don't know that your name is there now, when you get there, you won't even find the gate. 
But I'm going to show you, as we continue with this study, how that through the gates, you can do what? Enter into the city of the living God. Hallelujah. By implication, the kind of life you are supposed to live to assess the love of God. One of the cities there, I mean, one of the gates there is where you got the gate of Levi, for instance. What is Levi? Levi means union. Levi means joining together. Levi means fellowship. If you lack fellowship, you cannot assess the city of the living God. Hallelujah. Come on, is anybody following what I'm talking about? If you don't share fellowship with the believed ones, with the, with the redeemed ones, you can assess. And then, on the other hand, if you join fellowship with wrong system, you can still not be able to assess. Anyway, I'm going to deal with all of that so that you can understand what I'm talking about. That you can assess the kingdom, you can assess the city of the living God through those 12 gates. Hallelujah. And when we are done with the 12 gate, I'll show you the foundation of the 12 apostles. The life of the 12 apostles must manifest through you to have a solid foundation. The foundation of the city is laid on the 12 apostles. The gate is laid on the 12 tribes of Israel. Go study it. That's what you are going to find. That's why you have to be able to know who was Peter. How did Peter react? How did Peter become the stone, as it were? Upon this rock, I'll build my church. If you are to enter through the foundation of Peter to be strong, you have to have revelation. Because by revelation, Peter gets to know that are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We will come to that. Those are foundations that you need to have to be able to be stable in where? In the house of God. Though you are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. What have I tried to make you see? Again, I remind you. Come into the city of the living God. You are not going to come. And when the Bible says descending, that's the manifestation. What is it supposed to mean? Very soon, men shall begin to see the glory of God in your life. Are you there with me? Listen to what he said. He said the city is prepared and adored as a bride for her husband. That means God wants to glorify you. God wants to put some glory upon you. And this glory must be seen. Hallelujah. Men will see the glory of God upon your life and they will testify of the truth. This one shall be glorified. I know what the Bible says. To them is up, he called. To them he called, he justified. The, the, those he justified, what does he do? He glorified. And he said, Christ in you. What? The hope of glory. You're going to be so glorified that men will wonder, is this the man I knew yesterday? You are going to be a different person. You know what? When Peter and John hear the man by the beautiful gate, people take knowledge with them. And they say they have been with you.